Hey, this is Heidi Dawson. If you love all things health and wellness and style of any kind, hang out here with me each week. I'm obsessed with never-ending improvement, and it's all in an effort to help each one of us live a wildly successful lifestyle. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Hi guys, welcome to episode 378 of the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast. Thanks for being here. It is always nice to hang out with you guys. So there's a quote that I love. I've talked about it before, but I felt it was appropriate to today's episode. It is by Rumi, and here it is. Yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I'm changing myself. It really applies this week. I think you'll see that. All right, our precious new neighbors moved in, and they're figuring out the lay of the land. And at one point, my neighbor said, hey, I noticed the spotlight from the house next to us is pointed directly at your windows. Does that bother you? Have you talked to them about it? (laughs) And I laughed because I think I did an entire episode on, on this, but I laughed about it. And I said, at first, it did. And no, we did not talk to them about it. We just took care of it on our end by getting window treatments. And now it's no longer a problem. So I I thought that was a perfect example of changing yourself as opposed to trying to change the world, handling things on our end, so to speak. Whenever it's possible, handle things on your end. It makes life really peaceful. When you require everyone else to change or do something different so that you feel better, Well, that's the ego at work. I did an episode, uh, number 375, and the title was, There You Go, Walking Your Monkey Again. If you haven't listened, give it a go. But I find myself more and more able to catch when I'm beginning to let my monkey brain, (laughs) the one that creates all the problems for all of us, I'm noticing it more and able to neutralize it more. Funny enough, a video I happened upon on YouTube was about the monkey brain, and someone at a seminar said, I didn't come here for this. I didn't come here for this monkey business. He was hoping to find relief from his thoughts. And the presenter asked, well, can you be at peace when the monkey business is there, when the monkey won't go away? And by the way, who's supporting the monkey? Who's feeding it? What does it thrive on? Without the food, the monkey won't stay around. So where's the food and where is he getting it from? He proceeded to say the main monkey food is personal identity. So something like, I do this, I am this, I like this, I don't like this, I have this car, or I took this vacation. It's that personal identity that we all have. And this is the main food we feed the monkey brain. He then told a story of how he lived in in London years ago, and London has always been a famous tourist city, but one of the main attractions at the time was Trafalgar Square. Now, the big thing was having your picture made with the pigeons. There were so many pigeons because the locals had made a business of, of selling a little box of corn to tourists so that they could put the corn on their head or their shoulder, and the pigeon would land and eat, and you'd have your picture made with this pigeon, <laughs> But it became a really big problem for cleanliness, as you can imagine. So finally, the government made a law where you no longer could feed the pigeons. You could actually get arrested for feeding them. Now, you couldn't hurt them or yell at them or anything, but you could not feed them. Well, within two weeks, the pigeons were gone. Now, one or two would pop in here and there to see if there were any leftovers, but quickly they went away because there was no one to feed them. 
Do you get that? We all have our own inner guidance system, our true self, and we also have our ego, which is our personal identity. If we could just let go of constantly trying to feed our ego, we could slow things down. We need our ego to survive and thrive, but it gets us in trouble when it starts running the show. Someone sent me a message about that episode 375 and they said, you know, I realize I just want my kids to be happy, but I also realize I want them to be happy in the way that I want them to be happy. (laughs) Her version of happy. But that's a beautiful acknowledgement. Just knowing that allows her to observe the thoughts and decisions that she makes based on that knowing. I mean, is she allowing herself to love them and let them be exactly who they are? Or do they need to sort of be what she hopes they would be in order for her to feel good and, and also in order for her to think they're happy? It's a good question that comes from the awareness of that thought in the first place. Our ego is our personal identity, how we identify. When we look at the world through the filter of that identity, the world becomes pretty small. I mean, we want to reinforce that identity. We don't want it questioned or challenged. The ego isn't our true self. It's usually the messages we've picked up along the way from our parents or our teachers or religion, maybe our personal likes and dislikes or our friends. So much goes into creating our personal identity or our ego. And so many of our decisions are based on that identity, big and small, big decisions and small decisions we make from our ego. (laughs) This past weekend, my mom baked cookies for our trip to Fall Creek Falls. She baked two kinds. One I requested and the other is kind of a family favorite. So I requested chocolate oatmeal cookies, the no-bake kind. They're, They're my kryptonite, let's just say it. But once a year, I will request them from her. I think I've actually talked about them on episodes before. But the other type of cookie is Mrs. Fields cookies, which I can take or leave. Now, my husband Eric, on the other hand, he is a cookie monster. <laughs> but he doesn't care for the no-bake cookies. He, he usually won't even eat one. I don't understand that for one minute. I don't understand how that's possible. And I try to understand it, but I just don't. Because to me, that is the only cookie in the world I can't resist. So surely everyone else must at least kind of like it too. And I do try to get him to just eat one because surely he's mistaken. I mean, he's, he will not though. And he is just certain he doesn't want one and will not even try one again because he knows it's just not for him. He could take it or leave it just like I could the other kind. But we do this so much though with our friends and family in order to find happiness. You need to be like me because that's what makes me happy. So of course it's going to make you happy too. And that's the ego needing to be validated and confirmed. Molly and I bought a shirt a few years ago in Fall Creek Falls that we love. Now, my mom and dad this past weekend were looking for a shirt too. And they were at the same store where we got ours. And so I ran over and I showed them the one that we got. And I said, you're going to love it. It's so soft and look how cute it is. Uh, To which my mom said, I don't want that (laughs) t-shirt. But my dad felt it and looked at it. He goes, yeah, I really like that. That's the one I want to get, which made me really happy. And I also thought, well, in my mind, I didn't say it out loud, but I thought, well, my mom doesn't have good taste in in T-shirts anyway. You see, this is the ego. And I 100% was aware of it as I'm showing them this shirt. It was so interesting to be able to observe my thoughts in real time. I I knew what I was doing. 
Our ego, our personal identity is attached to everything we do. If we allow ourselves to see that and we observe it in real time, we can start noticing the judgments we make of ourselves and others when we're feeding that ego or when we're living and working from our ego. I mean, we're self-centered beings and without awareness, we can create a lot of drama and chaos in our life without knowing it. My friend acknowledging that the happiness she wanted for her kids was the one she envisioned, not the one they envisioned. That's a lot of awareness. Me watching myself in real time thinking my mom has bad taste because she doesn't like the shirt I like. It's a good thing to notice because that's ego driven. I mean, why can't my mom like something other than me and also have good taste? <laughs> she can. And she does, of course. But being the observer of our thoughts allows us to understand why we do the things we do. It also shows up as why we treat people the way we treat them. My mom likes to quote scripture to me, and I notice myself feeling kind of irritated and rolling my eyes internally. I don't do it externally. But then I turn around and I proceed to tell her what she should eat and what she shouldn't eat. See, the ego always wants to think that you're right and everyone else is wrong. But the true self knows you're both right. You both can be right. I mean, I am what I am and you are what you are. And both are right because that's what is. That's the journey we're meant to take. And if something isn't right for me, it is me that has to figure that out. The more someone else pushes their agenda on me, the further I dig in. Kind of like Eric with the no-bake cookies. At one point, I literally begged him to try one again, but he wouldn't even try it, probably because I was being so annoying about it. <laughs> but the only person in this world for whom you are responsible for their happiness is you. And it has nothing to do with what someone else does or doesn't do. It can't possibly because we are so fluid, every single one of us. I might like chocolate oatmeal cookies today, but a year from now, my taste might change and I might not like them at all. And what if I talked Eric into liking them? Would I then have to talk him out of liking them? <laughs> you see, we're fluid. And if our ego needs or expects others to conform in order to be validated or feel seen, well, you're on a, in for a really big roller coaster. It's our ego that expects external things to change so that we feel good. And that is most certainly a roller coaster ride and a, an unpredictable one at that. What if I thought, okay, it isn't fair that my neighbors have a light that shines directly into my bedroom light uh, at night. They have to leave it off. And off I go to let them know how bothered I am. But what if they're equally bothered by having that part of their driveway not lit up so they refuse to change it, which upsets me. And now we're both mad. And now we've created this problem, but we didn't do that. Instead, we just close our room in shades at night and all is well. <laughs> See how much easier that was? The more things you can fix on your end, the better. The more comfortable we get with the idea that we control one thing, and that is ourself, the better we are at getting creative with problem solving on our end. The ego says they should fix it. The truth self asks, how do I solve this problem on my end? We are fluid beings with wildly diverse ideas. I mean, you can have different thoughts on religion or politics or food than me, and it doesn't have to be an attack on my identity. I can prefer a t-shirt and someone else can think it's boring and they won't be wrong. You can raise your kids a certain way, and it doesn't mean one thing about the way someone else raises their kids. Our ego wants everyone to conform to our way of being, 
But our true self accepts that that's not possible. And it would be horrible anyway. (laughs) The awareness that our ego is trying to run the show will keep us from allowing our ego to run the show. The more aware we are, the less the ego needs. So noticing is that first step. Awareness of your need for others to like the same things or to do the same things or to validate your feelings in some way. Just being aware of those thoughts help them subside because a lot of times it's unintentional thoughts that get us in trouble. You're in charge of the ego. Did you know that? It's something I've just recently learned. I'm not my ego. I'm separate from that. You are not your ego. So you have to slow the feeding of your ego way down in order to control it. The ego left on autopilot is full of unintentional thoughts, and that's when you're making decisions from the monkey brain. That's why noticing them is so powerful, because noticing them gets you working from your thinking brain, the logical brain, where you control the thoughts and you control the ego. You decide what's useful and not useful, not the ego. So I used to just want, want, want... (laughs) I, I, when I was younger, I just felt like I always wanted something new. And my brother-in-law calls it accurately want-itis. I, I like that name. But I thought that if I had this designer purse or this designer watch that I would finally feel worthy. That was my ego, constantly needing external gratification. The ego is insatiable, by the way. <laughs> the more you feed it, the more it wants. So once I got that purse or that watch, it felt good for a week. But then I realized... Okay, that didn't last long. (laughs) That feeling didn't last long. It was so fleeting, which makes you hungry for the next fix. What will give me that feeling again? And the next thing just gets more expensive. It's never ending. I remember noticing in real time that I was doing it and also noticing it wasn't working. Now, I still like designer stuff, but I don't need it. I don't have to have specific brands all the time because I realized it was a bottomless pit. And so I started working on the worthiness inside instead of outside. And that worthiness, the internal worthiness, that one isn't fleeting. My challenge to you today is to notice how your ego shows up. Every human desires to live the best way they possibly can. The ego will interrupt that by never ending mind games. So what does your ego need when it shows up? And do you know the difference between your true self and what, what your true self needs and what your ego wants. Maybe you need control of everything and you res- resist change. That's your ego at work. Your true self will go with the flow instead of constantly battling for control. How do you show up when you're being your true self versus showing up from your ego? Once you know that, it will help you know how much time you spend there, which is very powerful because you control your ego, which means you control how often your ego shows up. Share this with three people who have a strong internal guidance system. I love you guys. I'll talk to you in a few days. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.